0: Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. This week is the long-awaited running back positional preview. It's going to be, in my opinion, one of our most fun shows we are going to do. Go through every running back on the Jets roster, as well as some players who could be featured in the backfield anyway. Break them down, show off their fits in the system, projections for the year, the whole nine yards we are going to get right into it with the Jets' new rookie running back, and I think the guy we're all expecting to be the lead dog this season, and that is Michael Carter, the new guy from North Carolina. Uh, Carter is five foot eight, about 200 pounds, so he's got that squatty build, low center of gravity, really uh, quick, really good change of direction, absolutely dominated at North Carolina last year with Devontae Williams, averaged 12.8, um, 12.8 yards per carry in his last game in Miami. We had 308 rushing yards. 12.8 yards per carry in a 300-yard game. Finished the season with eight yards of carry. Um, was, had no business being available in the fourth round. And I think overall, when you look at his skill set, he is just the ideal fit for the wide zone system. His vision is fantastic. His balance, his ability to change direction on a dime, make the the one leg cut and get up field. He he is he is just perfect. His burst, if uh, he can be used as a receiver, as we've seen in OTAs with the one handed catch. I don't know if you guys saw that highlight, but that was pretty dang impressive to me. Uh, one handed catch towards the sideline, yeah, catch it and keep running. That's he could be featured in the passing game. If he gets the opportunities to, I really think he has the skill set for it. And it's just, I I could not be happier with this pick. It was a little surprising when it happened because I think a lot of people weren't expecting him to be there or the jets to take a running back that soon. But I think this is just the perfect example of a premium talent at a position of need that fits your scheme. Like a glove is available when they shouldn't be, you can't pass on that guy. And so I think taking Michael Carter at the top of the fourth round was an absolutely stellar move. I think it's not going to be long before he establishes himself as the Jets go-to running back. I think they're going to be a stable. I think all Shanahan teams eventually are. They don't really like running anybody into the ground, but he's going to be the guy taking the lion's share of carries by the end of the year. Um, Yeah, absolutely. You know, Andrew, we talked
1: about in our running back episode that we would take Javin Hawkins in the fifth round. And javen Hawkins is basically the poor man's Michael Carter. Yep. And we got Michael Carter in the fourth. And Michael Carter is that guy that I think will play for about 50% of the snaps. And if he can develop as a reliable pass catcher, this offense can just take off. Because I was thinking about before the draft that we're going to run the ball with Ty Johnson and throw the ball to Tavin Coleman, right? And if Michael Carter can do both effectively, everything's going to look better for us. Because as we talked in the other episode, these offense is like everything looks the same until it, do, until it doesn't. And if Michael Carter can be a good pass catcher and be the good runner that we all know that he is, things are looking good.
2: Uh, I was definitely one of the, the, the people that was surprised that he would be there in the fourth round. I had a second round grade on him. Uh, so yeah, I was jumping for joy when we, when we actually got the chance to to get him. Um, yeah, he's just so valuable and efficient in so many different things. Uh, I don't, wouldn't even mind having him in, in pass protection. I think he could, uh, he can even make a name for himself there. Uh, him and Coleman, I think are, are two of the, the better pass protectors on this team. Uh, there's just, yeah, there's so much you can use him for. And it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. But like you said, it's going to be a stable of guys. And we definitely have a talented group here that does a lot of different things. So we don't really need him to do everything, although it's nice that he can. And he'll probably be asked to do a little of everything uh, from here and there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think just like we talked about last week with our tight end episode about how the guys that are the most personal are probably going to get the most playing time because it allows the plays to look the same. And you don't have a tell for pass or run. That's going to be Michael Carter, where I think more so than anybody on the team is the guy that they absolutely could feed the ball to or design a pass for. And you have to be equally as, you know, questioning as a defense, if it's going to be a run or pass and creating hesitation on defense is all this system is about and it's that it helps if we're we're going to talk about uh, tevin coleman next but staying on michael carter where michael carter is can very much be your go-to running back and a threat in the passing game tevin coleman it, while he's very good as a runner his success throughout history has actually been really more as a slot receiver and it's a little more evident when tevin coleman's on the field that teams might be passing than if they might be running michael carter they're not going to know what's going to hit him and that's a huge advantage to him
2: yeah, I agree. Uh, he's definitely gonna open some eyes. He's already opened a lot of eyes in in minicamp. Uh, I can only imagine it's going to continue. Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think he could be a, one of the best rookie running backs in the NFL this year. I, like, take him just as productive as the guys drafted in the first round. I mean, he's in a perfect system. That has gotten better on the offensive line, better on their coaching staff and better on their scheme and play design and a a team that was jumping for joy for him to be available when he was that that just sounds like a recipe for success to me. And I think Michael Carter, not again, not that I'm ever a fantasy guy, but if you ever play, uh, if you play fantasy and you play in a PPR league, I would look into Michael Carter because he might be a good stash uh, in a late round. Uh, that's going to take us to the next guy, another guy that's been a fantasy stud throughout most of his career, and that's Tevin Coleman. Vitor, take it away on Tevin Coleman.
1: Well, Tevin Coleman is the running back that LaFleur brought with him to be the guy that knows his system and his, is his insurance guy. Coleman can run. Last year was the worst year of Coleman's career. In fact, he had 28 carries for 53 yards. 1.9 yards per carry. That's not good. But before that, Coleman never had less than four yards per carry. He's an explosive back. He usually runs when the offense is in, like, lighter formations. One tight ends out of the gun. They use Coleman to be that change of pace back, and I think he can be that in New York. And the thing about Coleman, you know, uh, Michael Nana wrote a piece for Jet X Factor, and I wrote, that if the Jets want to go 12, 21 personnel with Coleman in the slot, they're going to get some good mismatches because Coleman is a great player when he is split it out as the slot receiver. He's a good route runner. He has good, good hands, and he's awesome after the catch. He can break some tackles. He's usually faster than defensive players. So, you know, this group is a talented group, and it's hard to predict what each guy will do. But I think Coleman will be the Jets' go-to third-down back. If, if he shows and it looks like that he is back to form, he's going to be the Jets third down back. He's going to be used as a pass catcher and that change of pace runner. You know, when you go with lighter formations, defense is expecting pass and you just run an inside zone, a draw with Devin Coleman. I really like Coleman signing great value as it has been the common thing with everything Joe Douglas has done for the Jets. And, you know, like to hear your thoughts, guys. What do you think?
2: So, yeah, he, he did have a, a a pretty bad year last year, but I feel like that's mostly due to injuries. He did have a, yeah. a patella uh, sprain. He also had a shoulder dislocation. Uh, so I kind of understand how he never really got things going. Uh, but he's another guy that just does so much so well. And the fact that he has so much third down potential Kind of puts him ahead of one of my favorite guys, Ty Johnson, uh, just for that reason. I feel like on third down when he's not running the ball or not being a receiver, he will be asked to protect Zach Wilson. And just that role alone makes him extremely important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, his his time in the slot and the things he's done when used as a slot receiver is like legitimately eye-opening. I mean, he is one of the best receiving backs in the NFL out of the slot point blank period and and, and has been for most of his career. And it's, it's going to be very, very, very useful for the Jets to be able to start in a formation that potentially looks like it's not going to be a passing set and split Coleman out into that slot and get an extra receiver that's just as capable. And I completely agree with you guys. I think his experience in that role, especially in pass protection, especially as a slot receiver, and as a backup running back behind Michael Carter, I think he's the perfect fit for it. He knows the system already, which is huge. And all he's done throughout his career, basically, is play in this system and thrive in it. It's, yep. it it's, there's a reason that Shanahan guys keep going after Kevin Coleman because he just works in the system and he knows it forwards, backwards, and sideways. And I think that is, he's absolutely the the quote-unquote number two running back and slash third down back for sure. And
1: Coleman is only 27, right? So yeah. he's our older back, but his is too young. He has like, what, three more years? So until he gets to 29, Davis. 30.
2: Yep. I believe he's 28, actually.
1: Really? I thought it was 27. Anyway, you know, he's still two or so, three so years young. away from 30.
2: Right. So,
1: you, so if he works out this year, you can bring him back, you know, with, and, and, and get some continuity with this running back room, because Brian's going to come back. Michael Carter's is going to come back. Ty Johnson is going to come back. You know, and it's also good for a guy like Zach Wilson. He's going to have the same guys over and over for him. He knows that Tevin Coleman will be a pass catcher. So developing this chemistry will be good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tevin Coleman is 28. However, he turned 28 on April 16th. So he has not been 28 for long. Fresh to the 28 game. Yeah, absolutely. I think he can certainly play his way into another uh, small contract with the team and find himself in the same role that he's been playing and will play this year again and be perfectly happy with it. I think the Jets be glad to have him back. I mean, we'll see how how he is, but I, I expect nothing but solid play as the number two running back from Tevin Hole.
2: I mean, he's never been a bell cow, so he doesn't really have a lot of tread on uh, He doesn't, those The tread on those tires are still good. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. And in the system, like we've said already, probably multiple times that that's going to be running back by committee. And so I, I have no problem with him taking a good amount of stamps.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's going to go to the next guy on the list. That's Ty, uh, Ty Johnson. The uh, I've seen the longest tenured Jets running back right now. <laughs> uh wow i guess he is yeah <laughs> he the whole room i think he's been if you factor like because he was on the practice squad for a little bit if i'm remembering correctly he was on the lions and then was he, he was by on the, the lions in
2: 2019 and then 2020 was also on the Lions. so actually no
0: addition I, I believe
2: he was so i i think that would make farine and right. adams okay. a, a little bit more tenured than him uh, but you know what? Johnson, like many of the young Jets running backs, he struggled to find playing time under Adam Gase. Uh, in the case of Ty Johnson, that's borderline criminal. His right. potential is, hasn't even begun to, been, uh, to be tapped. Uh, Johnson, like I said, came here by way of Detroit, where he was mostly used in, uh, in a gap scheme. Uh, and his limited amount of snaps under Gase, so we were able to see how valuable he could be in his own scheme. Uh, Johnson's biggest asset is his speed and burst. Uh, it can't be discounted how beneficial it is to have somebody with the speed potentially take it to the house on any carry. This, in conjunction with his vision, is what makes him a great fit. Before the draft, I had, if I had to guess who was going to pull ahead as maybe our lead back or maybe 1A, 1B, it would have been Johnson and Coleman. Uh, I would have volunteered Johnson's name right away to be the top guy. Uh, Since getting Carter, that role will definitely change. Uh, I see a lot of uh, Raheem Oster in his game. They're both burners who make their money before contact. Uh, They're both decisive and have great vision. They see their path to attack and explode through it. Unlike Moser, Johnson can stand to build a little bit more lower body strength uh, so he can run through tackles. He averages a pedestrian 2.4 yards after contact. I wish we were able to see Johnson as a receiver a little bit more. He showed some good transitions from receiver to runner, uh, but I want to see him in a little bit more of a route running role outside of just screens. Uh, like we said, Carter's probably going to be the the primary back. Uh, and he's definitely going to fight for, for some snaps. I see Coleman sort of, streaking ahead of him just because of that third down value. Uh, But Johnson's skill set is just hard to keep off the field. That speed is dangerous. Uh, I hope he gets uh, a a good amount so we can actually see him this year, unlike last year. Uh, What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, um, I think he fits well um, as the running back three and the running back by committee. And like you're saying, with his burst and his speed, that's his calling card. And when you get towards the end of the game and you get going into the, the fourth quarter and you need a guy to get the edge on a toss play and the defense is tired and Ty Johnson has fresh legs, it's a lot harder for those defenders to catch up to a guy who's already fast outright. If they're going to be tired from chasing Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman around all day, that's just going to make it even more difficult. And I think that's when you're going to see Ty Johnson is going to be the guy that comes in every now and again, and just rips off a chunk player two, And that's all he needs to do for that game is just take a can full of carries. And once he gets his crease, make the most out of it. And he's, he's what we saw last year is that when he gets the opportunity to do that, he's pretty dang effective. Despite the jets offense being figured out by any team they, they face, they knew what calls were coming regardless of, of anything. He was still able to be effective He had a hundred yard game under Adam Gase. I mean, that, that says everything. Yep.
1: yep. You know the way that you create big plays in this offense on a ground game is cutting back, always cutting back when the when the room is there. And Ty Johnson is a great cutbacker. He has that vision. You know he knows when to read the offensive lines, but and just cut back. So I could see Ty Johnson getting some big plays while Mark Michael Carter handles the majority of the load. You get Johnson, as Andrew said, fresh in the third or fourth quarter. He gets a carry, finds the, the, the room, and just cuts back because he can do it and just accelerate. He can be a guy that is your ideal third, third running back. To try to compare with the 49ers, let's say Michael Carter has poster's role. Tevin Coleman is Tevin Coleman. And uh, Ty Johnson is Jeff Matt Wilson. Rita
0: or Jeff Wilson. Yeah, yes. Matt
1: or Jeff Wilson. Yeah, that's it. That's basically it. He's that guy, you know, Matt Brady is even better because the guy had some explosive plays in San Francisco on the, yeah. in thirds or fourth quarters just by cutting back. And Ty Johnson, I watched his tape, he is a great cutbacker. He's always looking for the cutback even more than you would like. Sometimes you just, you just wish he would take the edge and get some yards. But I could see Ty Johnson getting some big plays for the Jets by cutting back.
2: He's a good guy to do. There's a recent clip of uh, Saul and him talking where he says, Saul says, everything you do, everything that you do well, fits perfectly with what we're about to do. And I I couldn't agree more. He was a perfect fit before the draft. He's a perfect fit now. Uh, He's definitely going to open some eyes in the limited role that he has. And if there are any injuries, God forbid, I think he can step in and have a bigger role.
0: Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you guys, and speaking of that scenario, I'm going to combine what both of you guys have just said recently, and it's injuries and stepping up into a bigger role in producing as the third running back for a San Francisco team. I was watching some San Francisco tape for a piece I'm doing on uh, Beck, and that's coming up soon. And I was watching their game against Arizona because they absolutely torched them on the ground. Jeff Wilson, as a backup running back against the Arizona Cardinals in Week 16, had 184 yards rushing because he got his opportunities in this system. And just like Ty Johnson and just like Matt Breida and just like Raheem Mostert and just like Michael Carter and just like Tevin Coleman, has great vision, is able to make a good cut, make a cut back, get upfield, accelerate through the hole. And after that, it's a track meet. You just have to have the vision, the timing, the pacing, and the understanding of the system to know where your gaps are going to be able to go. And then the second reaction ability, once the ball is actually snapped, this scheme will get you open. After that, it's up to what, after you to see what you do with it. And I think Ty Johnson could be one of those guys that in a random week 14 matchup, I don't even know who they play week 14. So not specifically, but sometime like that late in the year where Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman are starting to get a little worn down from the, the season Ty Johnson comes out and has a random giant game out of nowhere and everyone goes, Oh, Ty Johnson. We still have Ty Johnson. We forgot about him. Don't because this is just going to be a stable of fast, explosive guys coming at you from every angle. All right. Well, moving on from Ty Johnson, that is going to lead us to the next back on the list. That is Josh Adams, the fourth string. I guess you could say fourth string. He's kind of tied with the Michael P Ryan, but we'll get into what we think about that we've talked about before. Personally, I'm in the camp that P. Ryan isn't quite going to be a guy that's going to get on this roster. I think Josh Adams is going to take his spot, and that's where I'm going to talk about him right now. Uh, He only had 29 carries last season, didn't get a lot of action behind Frank Gore and Ty Johnson not anybody got a lot of action behind Frank Gore but what are you going to do when Adam Gase is your head coach but in his 29 carries he did have 129 yards on the season averaged over 5 yards a carry biggest game of the year was in week 13 against the Raiders he had 8 for 74 had a long rush of 25 yards uh, i believe Frank Gore was out for that game and it was the Jets best rushing game of the season um Funny how those two things are correlated, but Josh Adams, you know, he's unlike every other guy we've talked about today, he is quintessentially your power back. He is a lot bigger, he's six two, about two twenty, and he's not a plotter. He's not necessarily slow, but no one is going to sit here and ever call him fast. And that's not the main aspect of his game. His a- aspect is get up to speed as quick as you can, and then make it really hard to bring down six two, two twenty. And I think he's gonna type a guy that is really, really good for the role that he's going to carry as just sometimes at the end of the day when teams are going to be tired of chasing around all these fast guys to the edges, you need a guy that can put his nose down and fight for some tough yards in the fourth quarter to grind out games. That's where I think Josh Adams is going to be at his best. I think he's going to be the, the the hammer that finishes things off and could also be really, uh, really well utilized in goal line formations. I think he's a valuable piece. I think he's better than he gets credit for. I think he's just been... I don't think he's gotten, quite honestly, the chance he deserves anywhere he's been. And I think I, I'm really glad they re-signed him. I think it'll be interesting to see between him and Ryan when they battle it out, who is going to get the fourth spot if they keep five backs and how that shakes out. But I'm firmly in the Josh Adams fan club. I'm, I'm really, I really think this guy is, is better than he gets credit for.
2: I agree. Yeah, uh, there's absolutely nobody else on this team that I trust more in short yards than Josh Adams. He's got the the prototypical size for it, and it shows. And he's not like you said; he's not he's not just a power back. He's also got some quickness in his feet, uh, and it shows in his, in his cutting ability. Uh, and I think it's gonna work well in the in a zone heavy offense.
1: Yeah, you know Josh Adams. He ran a four four eight forty before going to the NFL. And when you look at the tape against the Oakland Raiders; you will see Josh Adams just murdering the Raiders on the outside zone. You know, he's big, he's strong, but he's also, I won't say fast, but he's not a liability when they're running outside.
2: He and can be explosive. Why,
1: yeah. And he's hard to bring down when he gets going, you know, because he's so big. And, and that's the point here. You're talking about keeping the fourth running back. Uh it's Josh Adams who can win you yards when the D line is crowding up the inside and is also a guy that can run your scheme and not be a liability, or LaMichael Pirine, that can do a little bit of everything, but he's not great at anything. We don't have a great receiving back in Tevin Coleman, a great duel that will be probably your one and two punch on early downs in Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. And I'm with you, Andrew, here. If LaMichael Pirine doesn't show a great improvement in training camp, he may get cut. Things get tough here because he he was a fourth round pick by Joe Douglas. And no general manager wants to see his own fourth round pick gets get cut in his second year. But Joe Douglas is also a guy that believes in competition, believes in Robert Sala picking up his roster. So I could definitely see P Ryan getting cut for Josh Adams.
0: Yeah, I, agree. I mean, yeah, we're gonna talk about P Ryan next. I think that's a really solid transition because I think the conversation with both of them—they're they're really tightly grouped because I really do think they're fighting for the same roster spot. And if you compare it transitioning to Michael Pirine, that's going to cover him. But I I agree with what you guys said, that uh, there's no one I trust more in short yardage. I think he can be more explosive than he gets credit for. I think Pirine probably has the edge on him as a receiver, but yep. that I think can be worked upon. And I think we have enough guys that can be quality receivers to where it's not necessarily the aspect, but let's go into Michael P because he deserves his chance and his breakdown as well. Just as anybody else, he is still a second year player. He was, you know, he's still young. He's still got plenty of tread left on the tires. He wasn't bad in his time. We just like the other guys they have too. Absolutely. I mean, freeze, but uh, Preen has been dealt a pretty tough hand
2: for his rookie season. Mm-hmm. First, he got stuck with Adam Gase. Then he had to deal with injuries and the results were underwhelming. But yeah. He's a fourth round pick, but the, those were the, those results that first year were not impressive at all. And I was a big fan of Perrine coming out of Florida. Uh, he was a jack of all trades down in the swamp. If he needed power, he offered power. He was there to get physical. If he needed someone to stay in on pass protection, he was ready to square up with a defender. If he needed somebody reliable with hands out of the backfield, he had soft mitts that were more than welcoming. The appeal was there, and I really didn't mind the pick at all. Flash forward to now. And I hate to say it, but I don't think he'll be on the final roster either. Uh, we have talked about this before with Pirine. Where, where does he fit on this team? Yes, he does everything pretty well. He's well rounded, but is he really that good at anything that deserves a roster spot over anybody else? If we need power, like we just said, let's just go with Josh Adams. We don't trust anybody else as much as him. If we need speed to the outside, Carter and Johnson and even Coleman are probably the obvious choices there. If we need somebody in on pass protection, Coleman and Carter, again, they're much better at this. Uh, And we're going to need to keep Zach Wilson upright. So I'm going to want the best guys in there protecting him. Uh, Coming out of the backfield, Carter and Johnson and Coleman, again, are better receiving options. Again, he's just not in the top two in really any aspect. And now it would be horrible to let a fourth rounder leave after one season, but roster spots are at a premium. Keeping five running backs and a fullback is just a little far fetched to me. Yep. Now the only thing I can Agreed. maybe see happening, but maybe not, is what if we cut him and try to put him on the practice squad? Do you guys think that he would clear waivers?
1: I think um, someone pick him up.
0: Yeah, I I kind of lean towards that too, and and not because I think. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on on a more on this in a second. It's not that I don't think that he is the type of player that could be a practice squad caliber player. It's that I think running backs, especially now, age and youth and tread on the tires is so important that because he's a second year running back, that a team might pick him up just to make him their RB three because he's going to be able to have fresher legs and you know maybe they liked him coming out too. We could give him a shot. I just don't see a second round or a, a second-year, fourth-round running back clearing waivers if he were to be put on the practice squad outright. I I think it's more, it's not that, again, it's less about Michael Piran and his skill set and more about what else the Jets specifically have.
1: Yeah, I'll make a point here about keeping Piran on the roster. Let's say the Jets are not thinking strictly 2021 and they want to think long-term. Tavin Coleman is in a one-year deal. So mm-hmm. maybe... The Jets work out some P Ryan. Let him be Coleman's backup this year, the receiving back backup, the third down running back backup. And then next year, when Coleman's gone, they maybe work out P Ryan explosiveness. You cannot t- teach speed, but you can teach explosiveness. I think if mm-hmm. they work on it, and maybe next year P Ryan plays the the role of Devin Coleman. Maybe that's why the Jets signed Coleman because they don't think P Ryan is ready. I know that he was basically a pro ready prospect coming out of Florida. But they, maybe the Jets feel they can work the guy on this coaching staff. They signed Tevin Coleman as insur- insurance, and then next year when Coleman hits free agency at 29, they make LaMichael Piran, they, they're receiving back. Maybe this is a way for the Jets to get yeah. on the roster, and they use Devin Lasco as the short yardage runner, you know.
0: I could yeah, see that. I, I could see it too. And and I actually, I, I want to kind of expand on that because it was a point I was going to make about Piran going back to his skill set. I actually think he's the second best receiving back on the, on the team. Like yeah. right now in terms of just overall talent, I think there's guys with more potential as receivers than him. I think Michael Carter's potential as a receiver in particular is really, 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 really good. But he isn't quite as developed as Purine, and Purine was really, really developed as a receiver coming out. He ran a handful of routes. He's really nice, soft, comfortable hands. He knows how to sit in holes and zones, and I think that certainly could help him. And I think if there is for him to be a role, I think it is as the backup receiving back. And if we're talking like we keep talking yep. about, what's his skill? You know, what's what's the one thing that he does? I think that could be it. Again, I don't know if. The other guys we have in the roster, I think their potential to get better as receivers can overtake the importance of Michael P. Ryan. But right now, I think it could be a valuable skill that keeps him on the roster. Will it? I don't know, but I think it's possible. Yep, right
2: now. I feel like that could change right. very quickly. Agreed. Uh, Carter could show so a lot in, during camp, and yeah. all of a sudden, nobody's thinking about P. Ryan for that role anymore. Agreed. Even Johnson. Johnson could even show a little bit more
0: in the receiving area and and outshine him. Yeah, that's that's the thing is it's it's Pirine has all the technical stuff that the other guys don't. But if they can get that technical stuff down, they have the explosion and the agility to be that much more dangerous. And and that's why you're you're looking to see if Carter and Johnson can round out that part of their games to where we kind of don't need the Michael Pirine. And it's it's I don't want to say it's sad, but it's sad for for him as a player. I I hope nothing but the best for him in the future, his career with the Jets or otherwise. It's it's not as so much about him as just the other talent on the team. And I think it's overall it speaks to the Jets of a really solid running back room.
2: Yeah, they really do. And even when you take the the running back depth out of the picture, then you have more <laughs> who's right. also going to take snaps in the backfield so it's it's going to be very crowded and we need the best in every area to to stay put and
0: get rid of the trim the fat a little bit yeah yeah that's that's exactly right and that's going to be the last thing we're going to talk about is going to be elijah moore his use in the backfield jet motion and just a continuation of everything we've been talking about Before Elijah Moore was drafted and even more, Vitor has been our resident Jet Motion analyst extraordinaire. So I'm going to pass it off to him and let him break down Elijah Moore out of the backfield.
1: Yeah, everyone has heard that the Jets who go with the Jet Motion Jet Sweep to run football and Elijah Moore is a perfect fit at it. Yes, he is. But, you know, I see it as a big plus right now because the Jets don't have the personnel to run. 21 and 12 all the time like the 49ers did. The the, the Niners did run 12 and 21 more than other teams in the league. And the Jets don't have, at least right now, you don't think the Jets have two great tight ends in and Croft. Wesco is not a guy that I think will be trusted with over 30%, 25% of the snaps. So you need some misdirection to run the wide zone out of gun, out of 11. And when you bring in Elijah Moore, you can use him in the backfield. You can motion him out. Linebackers will be freezed. And he's going to be an integral part of this running game, even when he's not touching the football, because he's going to open up so many lanes for this team. And, you know, the way that Shanahan and LaFleur they utilized Devo Samuel in his rookie year. Samuel had, like, over 150 yards on the ground. Big, big part of his over 700 yards catching the football came on jet motions. And this is going to be more. And the thing about more is that he can do so much more when lined up as a wide receiver than Debo Sando. That's scary, you know? So I could see, honestly, Elijah Moore being in the top three in rushing yards for the Jets this season. More yards than Kevin Coleman, who I I view more as a receiving guy out of mismatches when the Jets go 21 personnel. I don't know what you guys think, but for me, Elijah Moore, he's going to surprise a lot of people or like maybe over 300 yards on the ground already in his rookie season. What do you guys think?
2: I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had that. Uh, I think that's right around where I where I have him pegged around three hundred yards. And having a weapon like him is huge, huge. The amount, like you said, like the amount of things that we can now do, and opens up everybody else. We talked about tight ends last week, and how their production is pretty much going to have to be schemed, and so much attention is going to be on. Our weapons outside, and also more wherever he's lined up, and him coming out of the backfield is going to open up so much for everybody. I
0: love it. Yeah, I I absolutely love it too. And it's we've talked we literally we've talked about it for months now. It's it was the missing key to the Jets' offense that when they were adopting the Shanahan scheme, when they were bringing over, you know, that was going to be they're running that scheme, and it was we at first we thought, oh, is it going to be a hybrid of a handful of different places, and now it seems like it's going to be. Uh, Shanahan out of 11 is basically the Jets offense and they needed that jet motion guy. They needed that guy that can influence linebackers on sweeps. They needed that guy that can just be another person to watch out for, for the edges. It's going to influence play action. It's it opens up so many other plays that you can build off of it. And on top of that, just Elijah Moore's flexibility as a player, the option to come out and empty, and spread the field and get a team into a light set and motion Elijah Moore into the backfield and give him a handoff on a light set is invaluable to an offense. Yep. The, the mismatches that you can create with a guy that is that versatile at anything he does is, is really important. And this is something interesting. I learned about Elijah Moore just a little bit ago. He played running back his entire life until like his last two years of high school. And then he switched to wide receiver. And you can totally see it in his play when he gets the ball in his hands. He immediately transitions from receiver to runner. And it's just one fluid motion for him. He has no problems coming out the backfield, taking a carry, running through the tackles. I mean, whatever you want this guy to do, he'll do it. And it's going to help literally every single other player on the offense.
1: Yeah, I could see a lot of split backfield with Elijah in the backfield. The Jets running Mm -hmm. outside zone. Elijah just bubbling out to the backside, and and Zach can can decide, does it have a live box? Give it out on the run. If the, the defense crashes down, just throw the bubble and let Elijah Moore pick up pick up extra yards because that's what a guy like Moore gives you. If he's in the backfield, he's a mix of running back receiver that defenses you need to account for. These op- these will open up so many rushing lanes for the Jets. He is going to be a part of this running
2: back room. I just had the picture in my head of play action to carter fake uh pump fake the the to the flats to more and then hit that nine
0: route with mims yeah there's so many things that you could do yeah and then the next drive you come back and you let elijah moore go on the jet motion and he goes past and then it's a throwback wheel and then he's uncovered because now they're watching denzel mims deep Or you call a running play and you fake the jet motion and the linebackers stand completely flat-footed because they're worried about more on the jet motion and Michael Carter goes to the edge and it's a big game. This is why we talked about this so much for so long, because it was this important. It was arguably the most important piece to the Jets offense they didn't have when they hired their coaching staff and they started to decide they're going to run this scheme. This was what they needed more than any other piece. And I think quite honestly, they got the best player to run it in the entire draft.
2: Yep. If LaFleur is even half of what he's built to be, I think he's going to do wonderful things with this offense.
0: Yeah. And the early returns are evident. I mean, all we've heard has just been nothing but superstar early returns from Elijah Moore. I mean, it's better than we could have expected. And the expectations were already high. People have been singing this kid's praises the entire draft process, and he was nailing interviews. His workouts were great. The tape—he's just—he's just carving dudes up everywhere, left and right. And it's been nothing but the same thing. It's this could end up being one of Joe Douglas's best draft picks.
1: What makes a player great, you know, when he has all the physical traits and he is just good, is like the mental part. And it, yep. it, it looks like Elijah Moore just wants to be great. He just yeah. likes to work hard. He likes to do the right thing, and that's Natural gonna make for all him. Things. He has that mentality,
2: right? Let me pose this question to you guys. Who do you think has more rushing yards? More Adams or Zach Wilson?
0: Oh, I think that's Elijah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think Elijah Elijah so too. I think so too. I think it would, I think Zach Wilson's second.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's see. Even last year, Sam had
2: about 200 yards. Mm hmm. Adams like even 70 of
1: those were against Denver and that crazy scramble but yeah, oh,
2: yeah that's true. true and Adams even in his limited uh role was had 157 so if we're pegging more at 300
1: yeah I think they'll yeah. like
2: it yeah I could see Wilson at like 210 yeah I could see that I just don't think they're gonna want to use him as a runner as much no
0: no, that'll be the it, 210 and it'll like 140 of it will be, I ran the bootleg and everyone was covered. So I ran for 12 yards. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Jets are going to have a great running offense and it's what they want to do. First and foremost, I think this is a really good way to end the show is just talking. Let's look at the run offense as a whole. We've talked about all the players in it. They want to run the ball. That is the bedrock yeah. of this system. It's always been the bedrock of this system. Michael for said it himself. If you guys watch flight 2021, which I'm sure you all did, run the ball to set up the big play off the play action pass at its yeah. core principle. That is the system. Everything else around it is, you know, based off that one core principle and the Jets have done a really good job of making sure that they are going to be able to run the ball this season, adding Morgan Moses, adding Michael Carter, adding Elijah Moore, Tevin Coleman, they have invested in making sure that they can run the ball. Morgan Moses is all about that. Yeah, Morgan Moses getting signed
1: is all about that because running game for an offensive line. And, You know, Fant can be great in the system. He is athletic, all of that. But running the football, when you run blocking as an O-lineman, you need to have that dog mentality. I didn't see it on Fant, and I see it every snap with Morgan Moses. He just wants to beat the guy that's in front of him. And that's the kind of guy you want. No matter you're running power, gap, outside zone, inside zone, Morgan Moses is going to try to bring the guy in front of him down. And that's all about it's the mentality, you know. He, and
0: he's gonna 100%. get
1: that mentality to Elijah Vert Tucker to Mick High back then. He's gonna be a great influence. I really like you know, I was like, okay, Morgan Moses, I like fan, but now after sitting on this signing for a couple of days, I was like, this is just a great sign, Morgan Moses. He's a fantastic player, and he's not supposed to get signed for like what three million dollars. This was yeah. like this was for free for the Jets.
0: Yeah, oh, it's a steal. They got him for free with the money they saved on Jameson Crowder. Yep, with yep. with some extra to boot. Yeah, there is going to be just nothing but angry, hard nose play coming from the Jets this season on offense. If you're a uh, defense, you're going to have to stay disciplined. 100%. Disciplined
2: as you've ever been against any other team because the moment you're not, they're going to be right by you. Scoring.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. This is, this is the most excited I've been for a Jets offense in a very, very long time. All right, well that's a good way to end, guys. This has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast running back position preview. Find us on Twitter at OKD Podcast. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore seventeen. Guys, you know the drill. You can find me, Matt, at, at Zazzy Jets.
1: And you can find me at Vitor Piva and
0: Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with our first defensive episode. We are going to be going through the defensive line. Going to be a very long, very fun show. We got a lot of players to talk about. Probably the strongest position group on the whole roster, I would say, is the defensive line. So, you know, it's going to be a good one. Tune in next week. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back. Bye-bye.